Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. We are now going to be talking A-teamers to Tracy Peters, who's client liaison officer at the Government Employees Pension Fund. Tracy, thank you very much for your patience and uh, thank you for joining us once again. Good evening and thank you for having me. Despite all the challenges, but I'm here. Thank you. Excellent. Now, I want to inform all the A-teamers that this episode of Civic Education is proudly brought to you by SABC Radio Education at SAFM in partnership with the Government Employees Pension Fund, enriching minds, enriching lives. The GPF is concerned with the increase uh, in the number of unclaimed benefits and appeals to their employees to to fill in their nomination forms, listing the details of all their Uh, financial dependents and anyone else they want to nominate to share in their benefits. It is also best that these people know about the issue so that when a member passes on, beneficiaries know what to do and where to go to avoid benefits remaining unclaimed. Tracy is going to be giving us uh, more light as to what it is that we are talking about here. Tracy, for someone who's part of a GPF and is not aware what you mean when you say unclaimed benefits, could you please give us the definition? Sure. Um, the definition basically of unclaimed benefits, it's where we are aware of the fact that the member has exited the service and we know the type of exit. In other words, they've either resigned, died, or they've retired, but the benefits have not been claimed. And there could be various reasons for that. Mm. And obviously, if the benefits are not claimed, there are some uh, challenges in uh, benefit payment value chain. Could you take us through those? That's correct, yes. Um, in terms of the value chain, um, it could, you know, it could result in, in beneficiaries not being paid and um, it could result in, in beneficiaries where main members perhaps passed away and beneficiaries are left behind and they are either not, they are either not aware that they, that they can claim for these, for these benefits or they are untraceable as well. And that actually um, is a very huge is a big concern for the GEPF at the moment and we are putting in a lot of effort to try and trace um, these members or beneficiaries in order for us to make those payments but as long as there are certain information that is outstanding from our side we cannot actually um, expedite those payments. Tracy, in terms of uh, the the issue on uh, unclaimed benefits or unclaimed and unpaid benefits, what are some of the common reasons around these? Um, The main reason could be um, if the member, while he or she was still alive, did not complete a nomination form. And that is one of our biggest challenges that we do have, even though we we often... um, preach this to our members and we have education sessions with them, we send out notifications, it's in our newsletter, we're constantly reminding members, even the HR departments within the various units or within various government departments, they are constantly reminding the members to please update the nomination forms. And if they're in the absence of a nomination form and a member dies, it could mean that the funds could just be sitting there and no one is claiming. So if we had an updated nomination form with correct details, with contact details, with addresses, etc., we would then be able to um, look up or trace those beneficiaries that are due or that is entitled to claim the pension.
Can you kindly explain to us, Tracy, how the following affect the payouts and um, what measures are beneficiaries encouraged to take? Firstly, claims with uncorrected uh, errors over a period of 24 months. Let's start with those. Claims of uncorrected errors, it could be anything. It could be missing banking details. It could be ID documents that have not been submitted. It could be forms that were submitted and, and they were have perhaps expired. Or it could just be um, missing information in terms of beneficiary information. Let's say, for instance, there were five beneficiaries listed and we only received information for three of them, then two of those beneficiaries, that in that funds that was meant to be paid to those two beneficiaries could then be paid into the unclaimed benefit until such time that those beneficiaries then come forward or surface um, somehow. And that is a huge challenge to us when we do not have correct and updated contact details for beneficiaries. Let's take a break and we'll come back and look at some of the other beneficiary issues that you might uh, encounter. A-teamers, you can send us a voice notes or messages via WhatsApp on 0614-104-107 or SMSs to 41391. It seems the lines are still not open up in terms of um, A-teamers being able to call into the show. So let's just continue using the WhatsApp and SMS line for now. We are talking to Tracy Peters, who's client liaison officer at the Government Employees Pension Fund and the topic of discussion is unclaimed benefits. SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. A-teamers, it's 20 minutes uh, to 11, and we are currently talking to Tracy Peters, who's uh, taking us through uh, the issue of unclaimed benefits for those who are part of the Government Employees Pension Fund. Remember that our lines are currently down, but you can SMS on 41391. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50, or WhatsApp us on 0614-104-107. Ask your questions related to the topic at hand. Tracy, in terms of... Um, members whose contributions have ceased without notification. Can you please explain to us what happens to the previous uh, contributions that the member has made? Thank you, Patricia. Those um, benefits is what we call, you have unclaimed and then unpaid. So um, those that fall under unpaid is if we do not have a reason why those contributions have stopped. So with unclaimed, usually we would know the reason why the contributions have stopped is there are reasons on the system, but for unpaid, the contributions have stopped and we don't have reasons for that. And then therein lies the issue that we, where we have to make contact with the HR department, um, with that specific government department. And it's, there, there are a few reasons. It could be that members have absconded or they have been um, dismissed and they have not come forward to claim their benefits. Those are some of the common reasons that we find for um, benefits um, being unpaid. So then the benefits will be unpaid if uh, a member absconds? Not necessarily. If a member, uh, yeah, obviously, if a member absconds, it means they're not claiming the benefit. But if they abscond and then later come um, come and claim, then obviously we will have to pay that out of the unpaid or unclaimed benefits. Now it, that it, does not expire. Okay, it doesn't expire at all. 
No, it does not. Okay. Because as long as the funds are there, the member has contributed to the fund. So even if they come, let's say, uh, let's take a ridiculous example. They come 10 years later and they come and claim. They have, still have the right to claim because in the time that they were employed, they were contributing to the pension fund. And so it, that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Tracy. Sorry, apologies, apologies. It's fine. Go ahead. Right, for that, because for that time that they were contributing, they are still entitled to claim. That's just what I wanted to add. And in, in the case that um, the main member dies and um, the, the, the claims are still there, how does this affect the payout and what measures are beneficiaries encouraged to take? First of all, um, let, let, I just want to mention the measures that GPF takes is we do have a um, unclaimed uh, section and they have people who do tracing. So that's part of the, the drive that we have. And, and pre-COVID, we would always have roadshows. We would go out with a list of those members in the specific provinces that we are aware of to try and trace them. And they would be published um, in a booklet. We would have them at the roadshows that is available. But in order for members to avoid this to happen, again, um, if a, mem- a main member dies without leaving the information or without updated information, it makes it very difficult for us to trace those beneficiaries. So therefore, that information is then usually published in a booklet on a yearly basis. They would update it with the unclaimed, with those members' numbers. So if you are family members, you could possibly come and not possibly, you could actually come forward and ask and see whether you were either one of the beneficiaries or if you are no, if one of those those members who have passed away and they fall under the category of unclaimed, you could actually come forward and make inquiries um, to see whether uh, or if you have information for us. That That is also one of the measures that can be taken. Hey, Tim, as uh, like I said, we're talking about unclaimed benefits uh, from uh, the GEPF, if you are a member, and Tracy's helping us to understand what happens if this is uh, the case and you have not claimed for your benefits. Tracy, if untraceable members, um, due to incorrect contact details or information, is not updated, what do you then do as GEPF and what can beneficiaries do? As the GPF, firstly, we would try those contact details and then we would use various platforms to see whether we could actually trace the correct details, for instance, home affairs links or um, your credit bureaus. Sometimes you'll find some information there. Um, we'll send out letters. Um, we'll post notifications on our system so that, for instance, if someone calls in the call center, then they will know who to refer that person to from our side as well. And as I said in the past, and this was pre-COVID, we would have roadshows and member information sessions. And then from beneficiary sides as well, they are more than welcome to contact our call center or go to our nearest branch that's within the area because we do have contact, uh, call center, not call centers, walk-in centers, which is our client services. And if they are aware of a member that has passed, perhaps there's a spouse or children or beneficiaries, they are more than welcome to go with their, their, perhaps with their IDs, approach our, our offices, and then we could actually go and check on our system whether they were listed as one of the beneficiaries. But obviously what we've spoken about uh, does not uh, exclude those who are trying to do things fraudulently. Um, and what happens if there's a suspected fraudulent claim that comes through uh, based on the fact that people might have your contact details and want to, you know, underhand the rightful beneficiaries? 
Yes, most definitely. Obviously, we, we can't bypass those. So we do have a fraud section as well that deals with it. But please bear in mind that whoever is coming to claim, and they cannot just submit an ID document. They cannot just submit their banking details. They, we are the, we would then vet those people to make sure. And we do have various angles and avenues and systems that we actually use to make sure that if this person is claiming to be the spouse, you have to provide that information to us in order for us to vet you before we actually make payments. So. Because remember, it's not only the the, the, the member that, that is at risk, it's the fund that is also at risk if we do pay the incorrect beneficiary. So we, we, we do all of those vetting before the, the payment actually then um, is finalised. Let's uh, go to an ATMO who's just send us a voice note. This is Patricia. I just want to ask your guests why they don't make it automatically. After three months, if there's no payment, it means the person is not working or some there's a problem with the person. So I pay that person instead of waiting for the person to come to the uh, to the place of uh, claiming. Thank you. Tracy, could you answer that Thank question? You. Thank you, Patricia. Unfortunately, we cannot just make automatic payment because we do not know what has transpired. It's possible that there could be a dispute between the Mimbanese and his or her employer. Perhaps the, the person has been um, suspended for one or other reason. So we need to actually get confirmation. And one of the documents that we will then need from an employer is to indicate that the member has physically been exited from that particular employer. And with the relevant documents, then we can only pay. We cannot pay automatically because, again, as I mentioned, we are not sure of what has transpired. Perhaps the person is still employed and for some or other reason, either the salary has been stopped or they have been um, suspended without salary and they could still be in service. So that is a that is a huge risk from our side to act, to just go and pay automatically. Tracy, let's talk about members um, not claiming benefits following the conclusion of their unsuccessful appeal process. Uh, are you referring to appeal with at the employer? Yes. And they are not claiming their benefits at, at, at pension fund? Yes. Am I understanding you correctly? Right. Yes, that is one of the one other common um, reason that we do find is that members have lost their appeals and they are still not claiming the pension benefits. And that is actually um, one of the practices that we are trying to discourage. And therefore, we have what we, our role as client liaison officers as well. There is a database, uh, excuse me, there is a a list of those cases that is actually published, um, not published, that is made available to us on a monthly basis. And we would actually take that list um, and then with the various employers that we are responsible for, we would follow up with those employers to check. Please tell us what has happened to these members so that we, we, you know, we can we can try and trace them and encourage them to submit their documentation. Because what would then happen is that money would then go into the unclaimed and it's very possible that that person could be suffering or the family that is left behind. And we want to avoid that at all costs.
I've got a message here on WhatsApp, uh, Tracy, from one of our A-teamers. And A-teamers, let me remind you, we can't get calls coming in uh, due to our lines uh, having issues, but you can send a WhatsApp on 0614-104-107 or even SMS on 41391. Um, this says, uh, please ask Tracy, life partner nominee. However, the paperwork was not completed 100% by the member. The GPF insists on getting deceased family to acknowledge the relationship amongst other acknowledgements from friends, neighbors, etc. Is there not a less complicated manner that the person nominated as a life partner could receive the pension benefit? Thank you, Patricia. Um, very good question. Um, again, one of the, the um, one of our key points when we do education sessions is we always encourage members that if they have a life partner to register that person while they're still in service because we would have like to avoid exactly this type of situation so um it 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 is unfortunately uh, a long and not a long but it's a very complicated process and not complicated in the sense that um the information is not um obtainable but we we, we actually will ask for information more from the deceased person's side because that is where they will be able to confirm. Remember, if you were living with this person, you're still alive, naturally your family is going to confirm that, yes, we are aware that he or she was living with the, de- the deceased member. It's very easy. But we need more information from the deceased side. And there is actually a form on our website. It's called a life partner application form. And it's quite a lengthy and a thick document. And the reason for that is is that we need all that information that is required on the, it needs to be completed for us to be able to verify over and above that these two people were living together, that they were cohabitating, the period that they were together, etc. There's a lot of information and if anything is missing, it actually gives reason for us not to be able to verify the life partner. Because remember, there isn't a formal document that can confirm that these two people, for instance, a marriage certificate, whichever type of marriage, that these two people were married. They were living together. So therefore, we will have to ask for those list of documents and the affidavits and confirmations from the family members and surroundings as well to confirm. Sure. But uh, what if the family was not even for this relationship and they want to be vindictive and say, we don't even know this person? Because such can happen. Definitely. Definitely. So then what does uh, the life partner do in that case? The life partner who then, um, whatever information they have available, they can. Because, again, this information, when it comes to us, we comes into the GPF, goes to our legal section, and they have a specific um, person that will deal with life partner applications. So if some of the information is missing, we could also then go and interview some of the family members from our side in order for us to do that verification if that person is um, unable to obtain the information by his or herself. But we have to do everything from our side as well to try and get as much information as possible. If it's not possible, submit to us what you have and then um, it will then, but then the, the process might take a little bit 
longer. But you are very right, Patricia. We do get families who could be vindictive. And then it actually just disadvantages that person because then the process just, just takes so much longer. Let's talk about uh, the and the members who um, then go ahead and submit after hearing this interview, perhaps. Um, how long does it take for them to explain to, to wait until um, payout or after they have submitted all the required documents, how long would that process be? Yes, thank you, Patricia. The period for processing that we have by law is 60 days. We have um, that's the time frame that we have. And the 60 days is actually it counts from the day after the member has exited. And if the, the documents in this instance would come in, um, that and it's a, and it's in excess of 60 days we would then pay interest from the day after the member um, the member exited up until the day that we actually make the payment um, so that's the time frame however we need to bear in mind that if it's a long outstanding case there might be additional processes that we might have to follow for instance if the payment um, or the period has exceeded seven years, it will need approval. Because remember, um, after seven years, a payment has actually, um, the the payment not, it has not expired, but by law, after seven years, it will actually then just have to be vetted to see why this person has taken that long to come forward. So there will be a special process signing off and, and a verification process before we can make the payment. Now, um, I've got a message here via WhatsApp from SC Mahoney in Standerton, Bumalanga, who says, um, I, used to uh, I used to be a SANDF member. I never claimed any benefits leaving the service. How do I find out if I qualify for any benefits from the fund? That one's quite easy. If he was employed at, at uh, the, the Navy, SANDF, I would suggest he just calls our call center, provides them with his force number or his ID number, and they could actually just go and check on the system. If there is an unclaimed uh, period for him, we have not paid that period, we would then tell him or give him the information, the documents that we would then require um, for him to submit in order for us to make that payment. Another one here from Enendlapo in Kruenstadt says, um, Patricia, I would like to hear from your guest whether someone who worked for the state and passed away over uh, the last 10 years, can her surviving children inquire about any available benefits due to her? There's no harm in doing that. If the member has passed away and um, they are, they are still children or beneficiaries, please do contact us and then just to make sure that there is no further payments that is available to those beneficiaries, by all means. They are welcome to contact our call centre, visit our nearest walking centre or write to us to our email address as well. If the money remains unclaimed forever, where does the money go, Tracy? The money does not go anywhere. It remains in the fund, in the unclaimed benefit fund until such time that those members come forward with the relevant information or the beneficiaries and then those payments are then made out of the unclaimed. So that unclaimed benefit, it's actually, it's it's sort of a, a, a dormant, um, dormant, not a dormant fund, but we cannot touch those funds because remember those are funds that are due to members who have not claimed them yet. 
And here's another one from King St. Nazi who says, my uncle passed on in 2014 and he never told his uh, wife about his policies and that he had joined. Now, it's been nine years uh, without any, uh, my aunt claiming any money. Is it possible that uh, she can also get assistance? Patricia, I'm listening to the question and they're referring to, they're referring to policies. So um, from what I'm hearing, that could possibly be someone who was in the private sector, not in the GEPF. But again, there, I would suggest that the spouse or the person who wrote the, the SMS um, or the WhatsApp contacts our call center, perhaps with the deceased uncle's details, just for them to check. And then they can guide them further in terms of the claiming process. Tracy, for those who would need to be in touch with your call center and with your uh, department, how can they do so? Can I read the details to you? Go ahead. The call center number is 0800-117-669. And then we have walk-in centers across the country. Also, um, our email address, general email inquiries, can go to inquiries at gpf.gov.za. Um, mm, thank you very much, Tracy. Sure yeah. Of that email address. Apologies for that. Just want to make sure that I'm reading the correct address here. It's inquiries at gpf.co.za. My apologies. Thank you very much, Tracy. Really appreciate uh, the time you spent with us today. Thank you. Have a good evening. So remember that the GPF has regional client service centers in all nine provinces. So A-Team is uh, nine provinces of South Africa, and they also have uh, seven satellite offices designed specially for your needs. You can contact them. Uh, via their national toll free call center. The number is 0800-117-669. Calls to this number are free from any telecom line. And you can also send them emails to inquiries at gpf.co.za or visit the GPF website, which is at www.gpf.co.za. They also have a Twitter handle, which is at gpf underscore sa.